Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never knew you even had. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 4, All About Eve. Where does this saying come from? I think it's a movie, right? Is it? I know. The episode title is from a 1950s movie of the same name in which a seemingly innocent, meek and helpless ingenui turns out to be a deceptive, ruthless and greedy sociopath. Ooh, that sounds like that's very on the nose for this episode. If she turns out to be deceptive. She already did. She lied to him from the beginning. But it was such a tiny lie because she likes him. No, it wasn't a tiny lie. It was a deliberate deception. Especially with the skills that she showed off during the episode. However, I knew there was some sort of a connection and I tried to Google it and it didn't show up. So I blame Google. That's what you have me for. Exactly. Do you know what else I have you for? The summary. Yeah! Let's have it then. Lucifer's ex, aka Eve, shows up. While trying to fix her situation, both of them end up crossing paths with Chloe. Mace moves in with Linda. Chloe comes to realization that she'd rather have Lucifer than not. But in the end, we only get the promise of a love triangle. I can see why you see it that way. Okay. And that is, I think, more than enough explanation why I did not like this episode. Yeah. Never mind. Let's talk about the obsession of the week. Because Lucifer is always obsessed with something. And I will go ahead and say that he is obsessed with necklace. Or finding the necklace. Oh, I went meta and I said he's obsessed with not caring. Hmm. Is he though? He's trying to disengage and disconnect from Chloe and his life and his interactions and everything. And Eve is this very unwelcome distraction of him distracting himself from everything that he used to care about and that he now tries to present as not caring about. That is indeed meta. (laughs) Yes. But that leaves us at two out of four for matching our obsession of the week. Our good beginning does not keep on giving. You know what other thing is two out of four? I know, I know, I know. It's the episode. Who said the episode title? Exactly, because this week the title is said by Eve, putting us at two out of four. Another four, fourth time director Sherwin Shilati, who we of course know from God Johnson, but most recently from Everything's Okay. Explains so much. The episode is absolutely beautiful. The directing of the fight is very similar to the way the scene where God Johnson and Lucifer leave the hospital. It's a very similar type of directing and I love it. Funnily enough, with some of the same hilarity to it, but we're going to talk about that later. That's sadly all with the force that I have because we have six-time writer Chris Rafferty and I am sad and disappointed, my boy. I do expect better from you because most recently he wrote High School 
school poppycock for us. And most importantly, he wrote A Priest Walks Into a Bar. I loved it, Chris. Don't worry. You still have a fun on this podcast. Because I know that you care so much about this podcast. I reserve judgment. We'll see where it goes. Also, this is the first time Lucifer's liquor wall is drunk nearly empty because usually people get thrown into it to empty it. (laughs) And that is indeed an accomplishment that only he could have done. Apparently one of the art prints in Linda's home is a famous painting called The Sleeping Gypsy by Henri Rousseau. I have no idea. I'm not good with art. If you are into art and you can tell us why this is important and got mentioned on IMDb, please let us know. Another thing that is definitely important, this is the second instance of someone not being frightened by the devil face. Do you remember who was the first? No. It was in season one, episode 11, Saint Lucifer, and it was fucking Malcolm. Oh, But that was for completely different reasons, right? Was it, though? So I have my opinions as to why Eve is so completely untouched. (laughs) Unfaced by his face. (laughs) You know I like those wordings. And lastly, I know we talked about this before, Lucifer rarely blinks when on screen, but almost always relaxes his gaze when he is interacting with Chloe. He has this very intense stare. Interesting. I did not realize that we've talked about that before. Pretty sure we mentioned it before. And interesting enough, since the event of the previous episode, and even with the last season finale, he now applies this non-blinking to Chloe as well, which creates more distance between the two characters. And so this is a really interesting tool that they use that is very in character. Interesting, interesting. Hmm. And that's a wrap on the facts and fonts. Uh, I suppose uh, that it is time for the previously on Lucifer. Ella has been a good friend to Lucifer, Dan has a negative emotion towards him, Linda finds out she's pregnant with Ames's baby and both Ames and Mace want to actively help out, Chloe and Lucy get into an argument and decide they can't be around each other anymore, and a mysterious woman shows up in Lux. A negative emotion is a very, very understated description of how Dan feels toward Lucifer, I like it. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get into that whole, uh, I don't get why, but he fucking hates him bit. No, no, it's perfect. I'm not complaining. It's very understated, but I love it. I mean, we get a beautiful proof of that emotion pretty much immediately at the start of this episode when we get into the hunger to our crime scene. And actually, surprisingly enough for me, Dan isn't really dumping on Lucifer as much as I would expect him to since Chloe tells him that they are not friends or slash not working together anymore. I feel like Dan is moving Moving into the not caring about anything part of his grief cycle. Stage of grief. The stages of grief, right. I'm more curious, how much time has passed? Is this like the next day or the next week? When did Chloe realize that Lucifer and Chloe aren't working together anymore? How did this happen? When? See, this is my big question for then the Lux scene. Because by the look of Lucifer, I would expect it to be much longer. And yet... Eve is still in Lux partying. With the same dress and everything. She either has been partying there for like a week in which Lucifer has dressed 
drank his entire booze in his apartment. Chloe realized that they are not working together anymore. They haven't seen each other. He has a massive hole on his sock and all of these things. Or all of these things happened in a couple of hours in which Eve has been dancing in the Lux. Yeah, and neither theory really feels solid. So I was very confused. Yeah, a bit of a timing issues there. Yeah, I agree. Because Eve does not have anywhere to stay. So she would have had to stay within Lux. Yeah. But as much as I was confused and not a fan of that, I was very much a fan of Ella not being a fan for No More Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Ella proves over and over again in this episode that her and Lucifer are actually really close. And to me, this is an immediate callback. And we talked about it last week. This is a callback to the Boo Normal episode where they create this relationship where they support each other. So, yay! Yay for Ella and Lucifer being friends and more siblings love. I'm here for it, please. Yeah, that was really, really well done throughout the entire episode. But as much as I'm not a fan of No Lucifer, I'm very much a fan of Dan and Chloe working together because they are a good team. They are a good team. I agree with that. I just don't feel like there was the same energy as there were before. Yeah, because Dan is missing the humanity, basically. (laughs) But then we go over to Lux and see that contrary to what Chloe and Dan are talking about, Lucifer is not okay. Obviously. He is completely messed up. He's wearing a fucking bathrobe and socked feet. Why would you have socked feet when walking down Lux's stairs? That's just a health hazard. <laughs> I don't have as much of an issue with the bathrobe or the fact that he's only wearing socks, but the fact that there is a massive hole on the front of one of his socks. That is so not Lucifer. Nothing about this is Lucifer. He's not shaved. He's completely disheveled from the hair. He looks like he hasn't showered in probably five days or something, but it can't be because... Eve is still there. Unless, unless that little hint that we got at the end of the last episode, it was only there time-wise just to line up with what they were talking about rather than it actually happening at the same time. Still. Which is dumb, but yeah. She's still there and I was wondering like, how many times is she gonna wear the same dress when going out? I have so many, so many notes are like, she is still wearing the same dress. Why is she still wearing the same dress? What? Anyway, we do get a song as Lucifer walks down there and he's trying to get through the crowd to actually see her. It's called Sylvia by Mike Snow? Mike Snow with double eyes. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. It's a remix. It's a cool song. However, Lucifer gets through the crowd and comes up to her. And there is this moment where you can see just the back of her head. You don't really see her face and he just stares at her and I think that was really well shot because you can see on his face that he recognizes her and yet we're like we know that it's like 99% the girl that we've seen in the last episode but also we haven't seen her face again what if it's not what if it's somebody completely different I was more distracted by the fact that he had no way of seeing her from the bar and completely zooms right to her position and apparently the barkeeper's non-verbal head nudge in that general direction was enough to tell Lucifer that this apparently incredible person is there. Life of the party. Did you notice when they were doing the aerial shots, or I don't know how you'd call it, or indoors, when they were doing that, everybody 
who were dancing there. They were all kind of leaning towards her. She was the center of attention. Yeah, everybody was trying to get to her. Like everybody was directing their attention towards that. So I think that he just followed the source of that buzz. But why? Why does he care? Because he wants to know what's happening. There's clearly something in the air that is getting people who don't even see her try to go that direction. So I think that he was just intrigued. He didn't strike me as being interested into anything. So that's what I found so confusing. And of course, this is where we get the name drop Eve. And if you want to know who is Eve, both in Judeo-Christian lore and comic lore, you need to listen to this week's Devils in a Detail, where I talk at length about Eve. Anyway, he finds her, he brings her up to the penthouse and immediately it strikes me as he is being surprisingly nervous in her presence. Like there is something that we don't know. There was just this moment at the beginning of the conversation where it was like, it felt like he didn't want to be in the conversation and it was because of their personal relationship. I fully agree with you that he does not want to be in this conversation with her. I did not read him as nervous, rather as annoyed by this. Hmm. I think he got annoyed over time. I feel like at the beginning he was just very puzzled and nervous about what is she doing there. Because it's not every day that a human soul just leaves heaven to come back to Earth. Yeah. This is... Now, the first and probably only reference in show that Tom Ellis completely beefed up for season four. Eve goes better even when she looks at him. And now IMDb has confirmation of the story that I remembered with the bet between Tom Ellis and his trainer Paolo Maschiti. And I put all of that into my notes. So if you want to read up on that, you can do so there. Cool. Well, this is where my timing confusion became extreme enough for me to actually write it down, but we've talked about that already. It just didn't really make sense. I find it very cute that she calls him Luce. I feel Luce is a really, really cute nickname for Lucifer. Yeah. And it's different than Lucy. Yeah. It is clearly a pet name. It's not just, you know, a shorten. So I was very much a fan of that. But it was also extremely obvious that when she's talking about how she was coming to Earth looking for excitement, that she was actually meaning to say, I was looking for you. And I'm going to go into this at the very end. She describes that she greeted every soul that entered heaven, which means she met Charlotte. And if she met Charlotte, then she most likely knows more than she telling about Lucifer and Chloe and the entire situation on Earth. Hmm, That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Unless with the fact that Charlotte has been carried to heaven by Amenadiel, she wouldn't go through the pearly gates. She will get in somehow differently. I don't know. Probably not. Reaching, highly unlikely. So I'm very confident with my theory. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) And given that from this moment on, I am biased against Eve. Because from this second on, it was clear to me that she is not honest in her ways and paired with her extremely innocent childlike wonder and naivete and excitement it started grating onto me basically instantly because it's so obvious that there's more to her than she lets on and then she has this horrible facade for me horrible so how about no 
Also, I wondered, how the fuck did she get onto a plane if she doesn't have money or a passport? Which, of course, later on gets explained. I had the same question. I had a lot of questions. I was not happy. And it does not get better from here. But I'm gonna keep my complaining to a minimum. Good. Yeah, I immediately noticed that the facade that she's putting on it's not completely honest she is presented in white dress and she has this tiny little voice and everything and clearly she is not just this innocent human that she is being portrayed as so i was very much intrigued by that and there was an interesting moment for me where lucifer asks her what she truly desires however he's not using his power to get the answer so i don't think that we've had instant of that before on the show so I felt like it was worth mentioning. I feel like we had this in casual conversation. They deliberately made it noticeable at this scene anyway. Yeah, I'm curious if his powers work on her I have to say, so keeping an eye out for that in the future. But he wraps her up and basically escorts her out of the Lux building, trying to get rid of her. We get our title drop, and when he is putting her in the Uber car, he talks to the driver, and he gets shot in the face. There is another moment again when I was like, this is funny because he said, oh, this must be your right, and starts shoving her in the car, and I'm like, mm, it's interesting that he didn't even check with the driver, and then <laughs> it turns out that it's not her car, and he he gets shot in the face. It's just, oh. I love that Lucifer's reaction to a gun in his face is, mm, I'm canceling this ride. Which makes sense because why would he care? There is no Chloe. I know, it's very funny. And of course this scene ends with our title card, which is surprisingly late, but kind of makes sense now with the episodes being longer because we're now around a 10 minute mark usually with our title card. Makes sense because more minutes later. And in good Netflix fashion, we go to a new scene after the title card. I'm not used to that yet, I have to confess. <laughs> we are staying with the same story arc thing, at least. So we go back into the penthouse and clearly Eve is not as innocent as she behaves. She's trying to pretend that she's a damsel in distress. And I have to say, she, to me, felt way smarter and that she is used to being perceived as this naive, innocent. And it gets her places. It helps her to get everything that she wants to get. So it feels like that is just a show that she puts on in order to get what she wants. The fact that it doesn't 100% always work on Lucifer is good, I think. It's hopeful, yeah. Also, I kind of appreciate the fact that it is a facade, but also it's not perfect enough for us as audience, so we can see that there are little glimpses of intelligence behind all these, oh, but I'm just a poor little girl, you know. So this is how I perceived this moment. This is also the moment where we get the connection to the case of the week so that we can ensure that Chloe and Lucifer will have to cross paths, basically, with each other, which is nicely done, I must say. Yeah, personally, I expected it to happen much earlier scene than it actually does, so yeah, it kept me engaged. I'm grateful that they didn't force the meetup earlier. 
especially later on when Lucifer and Eve are arriving at the mob boss's place and then he just pulls her to the side so Dan and Chloe pass him. It's like, yes, it was done very well. So I know I ragged against the writing earlier, but apart from Eve, I'm good with this. So my complaint is very, very focused. But we go next to the checkup for Linda's pregnancy and Mace must be the most intense person during an ultrasound. And that poor doctor, nurse, technician, whatever. That must be so scary to have Maze A, physically assault you and B, look at you like with death in her eyes. But also Ames is like very intense. And you know how Linda says, I have a supernatural support and then cuts to them just stone faced staring at the woman. It's just like, oh, poor woman. I was a bit disappointed that Linda did not realize before that girl you had sex with an angel of course there's a risk that your baby might be something angelic maybe not wings wings but something yeah i feel like she's been trying to ignore suppress denial more like one step at a time she just figured out how to deal with the fact that she's pregnant and now you're adding stuff to it but that just is kind of connected to my viewing of linda until now so i can see that you would perceive it more as a denial because Because you have been doing that and I would perceive it as more of a trying to accept everything one thing at a time. Which is how I've been perceiving it. Perfectly fine. I love, love, love that Mace says the better luck next time when it is revealed that they're gonna have a boy. Because it shows us a lot about Mace's personality as well. And I adore that. Go girls. I would have much more hoped for a daughter for Linda, I have to say. It would be so much better, right? Yeah, because a mini deal, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna ignore it again because you always do. Yeah, no, that was too painful. Thankfully, we're not there yet, but we leave that poor technician being utterly terrified and very, very confused. And we go back to working the case. And I wasn't sure if I like Chloe using Lucifer to work her case because on the one hand, yes, it is very smart. But on the other, I feel like it cheapens her competence as Chloe the super cop. And I'm never a fan of when they're doing that. I liked it because I feel like it just supports the fact that she is good enough cop to use what ever is on hand and improvise because she did not go into the interview like knowing that this guy would know who Lucifer is and she is able to use the circumstances for herself and maybe you know shit on Lucifer in the process a little bit well she used one of his favors exactly stole a favor I know absolutely what you mean I was slightly on the fence about Chloe's behavior towards Lucifer and it kind of starts over here where she's kind of ruthless enough to steal one his favors and then there is another instance of it later on the in the episode where she just feels very emotionally unattached you know like very cold and i'm not really used to seeing chloe like that it was just glimpse of coldness that i caught I'm curious when the second one is i'll point it out where we get to it but here it's not as strong here it's just you know opportunistically she is smart enough to use the situation in her favor which i liked But the second one is kind of like, this feels a bit cold. But I immediately recognize the driver who shot Lucifer in the face, sitting next to this guy. Pistachio guy. Pistachio guy. And oh, it's just such a funny scene. And Dunn is just getting us what he's been doing very much 
in the last episode. He is trying to start a fight. He's very confrontative, which makes sense and works in the scene. But luckily, Chloe is there to handle the situation, to not let it escalate and hopefully to catch on that there's more wrong with Dan. Hopefully. Than she might have known before. And of course, while they talk and she uses the favor, we get the video in the background. We see Eve and this now means at some point Chloe and Eve will cross paths for sure. I love it. I love that they have the video. I love that the coincidence happens where she somehow manages to con some random dude into giving her a lift on his jet. And the fact that it ends up with a murder, it's just, it's brilliant written the way it all flourishes and combines itself together or as a cynical person wherever she goes chaos and death follows that's a fun way to look at it is it noticeable that i'm not a fan no (laughs) i would have never thought that so dan and chloe pack up and leave we cut over to lucy and eve and they are at the same setup and so it's like oh no are they gonna meet now i'm sorry she has time to put on shoes but she doesn't have the time to change her dress even though she's been in that dress since she woke up from the dead as we see in the video that she was wearing it on the fucking plane already and she partied in it and she's been wearing it's white dress how is it still white what else would she put on well where she got the shoes she was barefoot in Lux I would assume that she had shoes somehow matching her outfit because her shoes match her outfit I mean it's red shoes I'm willing to accept that she came from Eden with one dress, one pair of shoes, no handbag. (laughs) Okay, well, I am still very skeptical as of how she managed to keep that white dress so white. Because it's a magical dress. But like, give me the, give me the waist because I need to keep my white clothes white. Live in paradise. Get some heavenly clothes. Basically, yeah. It's forged out of the clouds in the sky, the white ones, you know, so they don't catch any dirt on them. No, you know what? It's because she's so innocent and the color of her clothing represents her soul state because she is so pure and innocent, even though she's literally the first one to have born children and to sin for the first time she's totally innocent yeah obviously that's where the symbolism is coming from so I'm just still upset about this and I'm pretty sure that I got upset in my notes over this every single time she shows up in that dress which is every single time in this episode except for the last two scenes so Lucifer and Eve show up and Lucifer notices Chloe and Dan coming towards them he pushes them into a side nook so the detective can pass and they move over Lucifer and Eve confront the mobster we learn the favor has already been taken Lucifer handles this surprisingly well I did not expect that I mean it was one of his favors that got used by someone not him so I would have expected more of a reaction but since the entire episode trying to not react is Lucifer's thing it also matches we also get this she's Eve and then she did not eat an apple more like a banana which is apparently she had sex with Lucifer He was her first, back when he was still an angel, because she has never seen his devil face, as we learn at the end of the episode. So, question. If the fall, so the eating the apple of truth, is not eating the apple, but fucking somebody else's dick, how did Adam fall? Did Adam fall? Yeah. Okay. In the story, Adam also eats off the fruit. If eating the fruit 
is a stand-in for riding Samael's dick. Did Adam just walk in on the two of them and then she went like, Hey, honey, let's have a threesome. Yeah, why not? Let's just live with that as a headcanon. Because everything she describes about Adam in the first instance we see her does not sound like someone who would be up for fun. And a threesome is fun. So I'm very curious, how the fuck did Adam fall? Did he also eat a banana? Did he eat the banana together with her? The way you are presenting this, I say that they are insinuating that they both fucked Lucifer. I don't know if they did it at the same time. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Maybe he saw her with him and was like, hmm, I wonder what I'm missing. So he fucked him after she was done with him. So, you know, you don't know. I kind of want to put this question on my list. Oh god. I'm not asking this one. That's okay. I'm more than happy asking this question, but I'm really curious as to what the answer is. That would be an autograph question. I don't think that it's a panel-ready question. Maybe this is an autograph question. Yeah. To wrap this scene up, I found it extremely obvious that Eve's attention is to get back together with Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in this scene, they're really hammer it in with all the side looks and the way she looks at Chloe because she clearly knows that there is something happening. She is very good at reading people. And she has proven it already at least twice or three times in this episode only. And I am very curious about how this skill is going to evolve in the future. Because clearly it's something that she would pick up by talking to every single person that walks through the pearly gates. But also she's not only good at reading people, she's good at playing them. And that again puts the question for me, what the fuck was she doing in heaven? A manipulative person is not what I picture being up there. I mean, Charlotte there because she sacrificed herself eh, true anyway we pop in real quickly to linda's home which is the first time we actually see her house so pretty doesn't surprise me she has taste we've seen it in the way she dresses and the way she decorated her office and everything i really enjoy it i'm glad that they are not back in the office for this episode because it just supports the fact that she is currently not presented as a therapist she is more of a friend or more of a character that has its own arc. Also, it gives more depth to her character that she now has her own place. <laughs> For sure. Does Ames have his own place? We don't know. Ames talks with her and he says no one has ever seen an angel baby before. Well, actually, adjusting my hat. <laughs> well, actually. In Genesis 6, 1 to 4, there is talk of the Nephilim, which were the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of man. In that passage, that term sons of God is most commonly believed to refer to fallen angels. And as you should know, if you listen to my cane devils in a detail, all Nephilim were supposedly destroyed in the Great Flood. Yep, they deserved it apparently. So there have been angel babies, just evil ones. Hmm. Are you insinuating that the little baby, the a mini deal, will be evil? <laughs> we'll see where this is going, and I'm pretty sure at some point there's gonna be a Nephilim devils in a detail. I am excited. So now we can get back to our main story of this episode, which is Lucifer and Eve. 
so we are in the penthouse now and it becomes overabundantly clear that Eve is trying to and probably is going to be doing things that are going to get her to spend more time with Lucifer. And since he did say we find the necklace and then we all go our separate ways, she seems to be planning on delaying that event. So what I expected her to do now is to lie about what happened on the plane, which is not what happens. So this left me quite puzzled, this little intersection. I wasn't surprised by that because she knows Luce, which is interesting because was Lucifer already his name before he became the devil? Apparently. Interesting. Interesting. Because I thought he went by Samael before he got kicked out. Well, maybe... Maybe yes. I don't know. Timelines are weird, man. So that was a bit a thing that I was thinking about. But I was mostly annoyed by the fact that she's cleaning his apartment. Putting on this very domestic air, which I'm never a fan of. And she does this whole poor weak me thing. And again, there's nothing in any lore that makes Eve innocent as a base character. So I was so, so, so confused and annoyed and upset by an innocent Eve that I was very, very distracted. But it made sense to me that she does not lie to him too overtly because she seems to know him. I suppose if you put it that way, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, at the moment, I kind of saw that as the easiest solution for her to be around him longer was to delay the necklace finding as much as she could. Which proves correct later in the episode. Within the precinct scene, we do have immediate confirmation that my expectations for Eve's lies were too high and (laughs) she has not been bluntly lying into Lucifer's face just yet. So uh, obviously they do not find anything on Eve on the video, but they manage to identify this other woman. Olivia, right? Odessa. Ophelia? Oh, wow. Odessa. Odessa. Is her pseudonym. I think that her normal name is something else that I don't remember and I didn't write down. However, that sends them on the hunt across different bars which at this point I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is the moment where they actually meet Lucifer. That would be a hell of a coincidence if they would end up canvassing the same bar at the same time as Lucifer is there. And luckily they give it much better reasoning than just a random coincidence. So uh, let's get into the bar fight scene because that That's what I love about this episode. And like by love, I mean intensely, extremely enjoy this entire segment. That was so well done. The entire bar scene is a lot of fun. But of course, the most interesting part is the fight. And while I was skeptical because Eve is way too into having a bar fight. But once the bar fight actually starts happening, you just get drawn into. It's actually awesome. The best thing about the fight scene is there's so much happening because you have to main fight with Lucifer and sometimes Eve, but there are several other fights happening in the background, but most importantly, the service staff is just continuing to work or sometimes offhandedly interact in one of the fights. It's so good. There's the high five that one of the bartenders gives Eve. There's this one patron that just sits at the bar and a glass bottle gets smashed into the taps and he just just brushes brushes off off the glass of 
Davos' hand. So good. It's hilarious because by not reacting to anything of this in any kind of way, it is suggested that violence is such a regular occurrence here that nobody cares anymore. And Lucifer even starts to enjoy himself as well. Mm -hmm, you can tell. It's so good. Yay! Good on you, Eve. Even though I'm not liking you, you managed to just slightly break him out of his depression shell. And the way it is shot, the one of the reasons why I love it so much that you get quite long shots, that it's not all in one go, but usually to kind of amplify a fight, you usually would get a lot of quick cuts, which is not the case here. You get a lot of slow motion when something flies by, you get very wide shots, you get a lot of things that had to be quite difficult to choreograph and put together in order for all of them to work out, not just with the stunts, stunts? but also with the actors themselves. So it's just so good. However, forgot to mention, there is a song playing for the fight. It's called Lightning Bolt by Jake Buck, and it is the centerpiece of my Devils in the Music this week. So for the Believers Plus out there... I was about to say, <laughs> plus. You will have access to listen to my little bitch fest that I entertained myself in this week. It was hilarious. I highly recommend it. Unless you're young, then not. Didn't mean for it to come out this way, but, you know, should have happens. We love to hate things, especially things we love. Yeah. So everyone is enjoying themselves, everyone is having fun, until a dude tries to stab Lucifer with a billiard cue, and apparently now Chloe needs to be quite close to Lucifer for him to notice the effects. I mean, it was this close to him turning around going, detective! Yeah, not to mention apparently now he doesn't feel pain when somebody attacks him and stabs him through and through with a wooden stick. Because he doesn't want to care or feel. Can he just turn it off like that? Because he was very much in pain when Chloe shot him. Unconscious influence. I guess. I don't know. That was just something that kind of took me out of it. It was kind of cool and everything, how he took it out, but he's always felt pain. How about his emotional pain is so great that physical pain doesn't even register? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one. That sounds very much like Lucifer. He's just such a fucking diva. <laughs> So I would go with unconscious influence or go with my heart is so broken, my body can't feel pain. Poor baby. How did two not romantic people end up covering this fucking show? Oh, wow. Heartache. Never heard of that shit. Walk it off. <laughs> Sorry, everyone out there who had their hearts broken. <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, I have and it's not fun. That's why you don't do that anymore. I mean, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> So, enough soul striptease for us. <laughs> Great way to put that. And let's do some soul burning, because I don't remember what, but I wrote down, burn Lucifer. Mean, but also not wrong. So I gather he said something really mean to Chloe. Yeah, she asks him what he's doing there, and he says, I won't tell you. You probably couldn't deal with it anyway. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's pretty good burn. It's like apply water to this burn, right? Aloe vera. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
Sassy Luce is best Luce. Yeah, I'm very much on board with him lashing out the Chloe. See, that's the thing. It didn't feel cold. This felt like I'm way too much emotionally invested into talking to you like a normal human being. He wants to not care, but he does care way yeah, too much. Yeah, and you can tell immediately. So that's normal. That's how usually how emotions work. What then comes from Chloe is very cold in comparison with this. Uh, but yeah, Daniel manages to arrest Odessa. And they bring her in and question her. And immediately, I don't know why I was so obsessed with everybody lying and then surprised that nobody was actually lying. Wait, 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 wait. They arrest her, but before they take her to the precinct, we are outside and Eve catches on that Luce is vulnerable. Yeah. He very brusquely tries to brush it off, basically like he's working on getting rid of this. But she now knows that he's vulnerable and that it has to do with the detective. So A, she's not dumb. And B, I now consider her a threat. (laughs) Threat to Chloe, maybe. I don't think that she's a threat to Lucifer. My worry is that Lucifer and Chloe are gonna reconcile at some point and Eve will feel scorned, jilted, ignored, heartbroken and being aware of the vulnerability that Chloe does to Lucifer, she might do something in the vein of if I cannot have him, no one can. Because now she has the knowledge to do it and she has proven that she is manipulative. I'm sorry, in my mind, there is no doubt that Lucifer and Chloe are gonna reconcile at some point in this season. Welcome to a Decker Star shipper. See, so that's not in question. But there is in question how Eve is gonna react to it. So when I now know that she learns about this, I consider her a threat. Your tinfoil hat comes on at different times as my tinfoil hat because I was very much uninterested with that whole interaction and went directly into the precinct where they are questioning Odessa and I was just so hellbent on her lying to them. And I was like, why would she tell them the truth? There's no threat. They don't actually have anything on her. Because she wants immunity. Yeah, but like they can't prove that she stole the necklace, can they? It's not like she has it on her. Maybe they have enough circumstantial evidence with the video? Maybe, I suppose. But then again, Eve could be the same level of suspect as Odessa is. I don't know. But they don't have anything on Eve yet. I found it also very hilarious because I'm pretty sure that's not how immunity works. It's not that you talk to the detectives, I want immunity, and they say, sure, and then you have immunity. So I feel like Dan and Chloe played Odessa and she does not actually get immunity because I think you need a Charlotte for that. <laughs> Still salty. Obviously, immediately, I am convinced that Lucifer is going to somehow figure out the auction situation and they will meet there again to go for a round two. But before we go to any kind of auction, we actually go home to Chloe's. To Chloe's, apparently, still. Yeah, I was very surprised that Mace is still living there. Did not expect that. It would explain the whole situation where she was babysitting Trixie, even though they have not reconciled. Yeah, it would fit in there. Yeah, but it still sucks and I hate it. Also, how the fuck is Mace still living there when Chloe is terrified of her? That also makes no sense. But Mace delivers a wonderful burn because Chloe is not the only human that knows. Finally! Fucking finally. So Chloe does the one thing I 
hoped but did not expect, she goes straight to Linda. And I was so fucking happy. Yes. I was so fucking happy. <sighs> Finally. That was so, so good. Also, I know that Mace says that Linda handled it better. And I agree, she really did. But also, we have to remember that Linda's and Chloe's circumstances were completely different. As much as she regretted it later, she has chosen to know the truth. And she asked for it, even though she didn't know what she was asking for. However, Chloe, even though she was told over and over and over again, she was just, you know, thrown into it without any preparation, you know, without any fallback. It was just completely different circumstances and completely different relationships. So I don't actually hold it against Chloe that she reacted the way she did. Not to mention that they're completely different people. And Chloe is trying to talk to Linda and she can't even say devil face, which in itself already for me is this girl, come on. It's time that you deal with this. But sadly, Chloe is very, very much out of the loop. She doesn't know that Linda is pregnant. I'm not sure if she realized that Amenadiel is an angel. I think that she just didn't connect it up until like this point. Obviously, logically, she knows that Ames is Lucifer's brother and therefore he must be an angel. I just don't think it dawned on her up until now. Also, the thing is, once you realize that the devil's brother is an angel, it's also harder to ignore that the devil is an angel, which lessens the impact slightly, in my opinion. But while all of this is happening and Chloe realizes, fuck, I missed basically everything was happening behind the scenes. Linda does not have the capacity to properly help Chloe because Linda has her own shit to deal with. And I don't blame her. This is one of the reasons, and I said it before and I'm saying it again, this is one of the reasons why I'm glad that they put this entire Linda situation conversation outside of her office, that they put it into a home setting because this is more of a two friends freaking out about their own shit rather than Chloe coming up to therapist Dr. Linda for advice. So it feels more natural that Linda would have that freak out in front of Chloe. The thing is, they desperately need someone in this friend circle to not have life-shattering dramatics happen to them so that they can actually care about the others because, I mean, look at the entire group. Every one of them is dealing with mind-boggling shit. And that's not healthy. I mean, of course, it cannot be only one direction all the time, but sometimes it's important that, hey, at the moment my life is going okay, so I can dedicate focus and energy and time onto you and your issues and at some point the situation is going to be reversed and then your life is going to be more or less okay and you're going to have the capacity to help me going through a rough spot of my own and at the moment everyone is going through a rough spot yep this season is very short and very intense but even though Linda is so so busy with herself she still asks the very very important question you have to ask yourself do you want him in your life or not and that is in my opinion the one question that always matters not just within the supernatural setting of this show but in general that is the base question that you have to ask yourself and it doesn't matter if it's heartbreak or opinions or views or unavoidable issues with each other or unresolvable issues bottom line if you want the person in your life then you're gonna have to find a way how to make it happen or you can say the other thing is more important to me so I don't want that person in my life it tends to be very difficult decision but once you make that decision it's gonna get easier 
because you know towards which of those options you are now working. The question is easy, the decision is hard, the implementation depends on your circumstances. I was very much confused in the next scene because I could not for life of me think of a reason why Eve would be going to Chloe. I know, right? And then it's like, ah, Lucifer is up to shenanigans in the precinct. So as we watched Eve's beautiful shoes that definitely belonged to her since she left heaven, right? No, those are heavenly shoes. Heavenly shoes. Walk into the precinct. We get a song called Pretty Fool by Beasts With No Name, which is a repeat artist and yeah I was briefly considering that Eve is coming up to Chloe to scope her out to see who she stand against and then when we see Lucifer being at the precinct as well I was like oh is their plan together nice smart smarts so Eve is chatting with Chloe and I find Eve extremely creepy Mm -hmm, 100% but I enjoy that creepiness so that's the difference I have to say if Eve were a man this would be threateningly creepy to me you are very pretty yeah but if it would be men to men it would also be threateningly creepy to me Mm, interesting interesting yeah it's interesting to try to do these things as a mental exercise sometimes to like swap the genders or swap the situation we've talked about this before we've talked about this how sexy can turn into creepy there's a scene later on between Lucifer and Eve and when you if you flip the gender of both people in that scene it's exactly the same point it out to me when we get to it so I consider Eve extremely creepy inside the setting of the show it is entertaining because this is gonna be a story part in my expectation but my real life connection brain is like But speaking of fun, we now go to the best shirt design. And Ella's taco shirt was designed and created by David Olenek and is called Taco Eclipse of the Heart. And it reads, every now and then I fall apart. Oh my god, that's perfect. Can I buy it? I want it. I'm definitely with you because I adore everything done by Jim Steinman. So totally Eclipse of the Heart. Of course, Bonnie Tyler is done by him and... I would wear the shirt, probably, even though it's not black. Most of Ella's t-shirts, to me, but especially this one, are something that I would 100% wear. I prefer tank tops or black t-shirts, so usually I say no. But maybe I find a design on something else, so... Yay for bootlegs! <laughs> and of course, we now see where Lucifer was heading, because Chloe is talking with Ella... And Ella is so bad at being guilty. She's so obvious. It's so funny. And she told him everything. I mean, they did drink their drinks very quickly because that interview was not that long. There are no timelines. I mean, seriously, this entire season has no timelines. We don't have time for timelines. Yes, exactly. They just needed to smush everything that needed to happen into 10 episodes. And hence, sometimes the times don't exactly match up. Which, you know, fair enough. I can live with that. There are worse things they can do. There are worse things they could do. Then mess with a timeline or two. (laughs) Nice. I don't have anything else for the precinct. I'm in the auction next. So Ella obviously is very bad at keeping a secret from Chloe. And Chloe is a great detective, as we established. So we now know that everyone knows about the auction. And as we get the hottest entrance 
of the episode. Oh yeah. We listened to a song called Just Getting Started by Mar, which is also a repeat artist. However, this song was never actually released. This was written and performed only for this show and this episode. So we really, really need a proper full-on soundtrack from Lucifer to get our grubby little hands at everything. Exactly. You know what this entry reminded me of? Tell me. Las Vegas, Ella, Escalator. It's the same vibe with the clothing style and quality and everything. Yeah, for sure. I would say that it is a reference to some movie that I've seen, but... I could not tell you which one. And so Lucifer goes off, does his thing and instantly gets the necklace and he says, still got it. One more very important thing about this scene. And this is like something that I am honestly, I was just so happy about. Eve finally changes her dress. True. I'm sorry. I know that you don't find this important, but it was bugging me so fucking much this entire episode. So I was very happy that she finally changes. And weirdly enough, as we learned later on, her dress perfectly matches the necklace. Of course it does, because nothing else would make sense. So Lucifer gets the necklace and he wants to sneak away with Eve. But of course, ta-da, Chloe, super cop detective shows up and corners him and he asks her what makes you think I care which broke my heart a little bit because that's kind of the main issue with Lucifer he does care and he cares way too much not just about Chloe but in general he cares a lot about humans as we saw all the way back in the pilot episode with Delilah and that's why I said my obsession of the week for this episode for him is not caring because he desperately does not want to care if he didn't care nothing would be bad for him in his perception but of course Chloe is right he still cares and he does put the necklace on Eve to draw out the bad guy and of course he bids on it with number 69 Mm -hmm. the very famous gif that has been circling the internet since this has been released I believe that this bit was even in the trailer for season 4 so that was even before this season was released everybody had the 69 puddle We do actually get yet another song for this bit of the scene, which is called Say My Name. Okay, that's a bit random. I'm just gonna spell this name of the artist because I have no idea how else to pronounce it. It's by K-N-G-D-A-V-D. Wow. Yeah, great name. King David, maybe, when I'm looking at it now, without the eyes. Yeah, King David, but without two eyes. Probably the first artist who was Mike with two eyes has stole the eyes from this (laughs) King David. Mika took away the missing eye from King David. Awesome. Pretty much. I absolutely love this. And so the bidding ensues. And at some point, Lucifer's fed up and he just goes, 10 million. I'm like, dude, do you have that kind of money? And if yes, where fucking from? And I know it's on our list of questions, but where does he get his fucking money from? I know. Is the all podcast question the question as old as this podcast, which is so ancient, <laughs> very much ancient? What I really, really enjoy about the writing in this episode, there's so much sass in this episode. Because when Lucifer goes, imagine that you're being lied to. Oh yeah, it's just like damn boy down. Yeah. 
So we find out that Turkish Pete was the one who stole the necklace. Turkish Pete, who's not Turkish and not called Pete. Exactly, this guy. The one with the pistachios. And then we get the confirmation that Eve's dress matches perfectly with the necklace. And I don't remember, do we see the gun before we realize that it was the business partner? Or just mm, after? No. I feel like it was just after we realized that it was Toby or whatever his name was. I must say that dude was so irrelevant for me yeah we didn't even mention him I'm a bit tired of again the first case related person is actually the bad guy it's the classic Scooby-Doo reference yeah I'm over it this is not a third time in one season it's the first person you meet it's always the first person that you meet have you never ever watched any Scooby-Doo this is not Scooby-Doo this is Lucifer I mean we have the gang we have the dog it's Eminadil he's stalking and all and we have the smart one which is Ella and we have the beautiful which is Chloe and you know it all lines up we're just actually watching Scooby-Doo so who's the stoner Lucifer does that make Dan Fred yes Fred right (laughs) the one who's the macho man who saves the day I'm okay with that okay good still I want them to please give me a different bad guy for the next episode who is not the first non-gang person and not the first person to show up to the crime of the week because it's getting a bit too obvious for me. Of course this whole scene dissolves worse and worse and worse and I'm honestly very very curious how they will be able to mend this relationship because Lucifer is so deeply hurt. Yeah and there is this moment I was talking about and I alluded to a few times already when Lucifer comes up and says Daniel come on give me the necklace and Daniel's like ah the fuck you talking about never not getting necklace are you crazy and walks out Lucifer turns to Chloe and hopes for some kind of a reaction and she just blankly coldly stares at him and it's like what do you expect and it's that just gave me such a fucking cold vibe I see what you mean but to me this is Chloe still not sure how to interact with Lucifer this is frozen Chloe but not frozen in the sense of cold but frozen in the sense of no idea how to act I don't know it just feels weird because they had this moment right before they enter the dressing room where they desperately try to tell each other that they don't need each other. There was this hint of the energy that they always had between each other and it's there and it just reminded me of the two of them and then immediately after that she gives him this treatment and it's just so cold and then like immediately after that she decides that she misses him. It's just very much emotional roller coaster. I think because she hasn't made up her mind yet, this is why she is going back and forth. But I can see how this would read as cold. Anyway, yeah, so I wanted to point this out. We'll see where it goes after this. But yeah, it was a very intense moment for me here. Speaking of intense, we move over to Linda's wonderful home place and I hope this means that we are going to see a lot more of Linda's place because this is a beautiful set. And they winked baby-proofed the house which okay I guess I mean if it is an angelic baby why would you worry that it hurts itself angels are kind of really bulletproof and shit like that I didn't even think of that maybe they didn't either probably they have not even started proper thinking I feel but before they can start proper thinking Mace comes in and my first reaction was please let Mace move in and that's exactly what she does because Auntie Mace is here to stay and I fucking adore it yeah I was so happy to see that there's 
so much happening in so little time. And we get a little glimpse to the precinct and to Chloe's thought process. No mention of where do I put my knives from Auntie Mace. Oh, sorry. If you want to mention it, feel free to mention it. I didn't, actually. I was kind of expecting you to mention it because you were enjoying the knives last time as Oh, well, no, so. it was great. I love that scene. It's just a little scene that is so much fun. and Also, the sound design was so great. When she drops the bag, you can hear the knives. Yeah. The attention to detail nowadays in these episodes is really, really good. For sure. They're definitely putting more thought into some of the things because I feel like they know that a lot of these things are now more noticeable since this is on a streaming service and people will go through it and will be pains in the arse look at us also when you only have 10 episodes every second is more important that's another thing but yeah we get a little glimpse to Chloe's thought process in the precinct and Ella comes to her worried that Chloe is upset because she seems upset turns out that she is only struggling with making the decision and the fact that she wants Lucifer in her life regardless of what she knows. Which of course is the answer to Linda's earlier post question but I don't believe her yet. I believe her that she knows that she wants him in her life. I don't think it's gonna be as easy as her coming up to him and just telling him. Let me amend. I believe that she wants him in her life. I do not believe her that she is willing to do or accept whatever is necessary. I mean, not yet anyway. I feel like it's a first step. And of course, Ella, being the total Decker star shipper, does a happy dance in front of Chloe's desk. Yeah, it's so funny and cute. I really enjoyed that with the happy feet dancing. Da, 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 da. But now we go into the last scene of this episode and we are back in Lux. Do we get a song? We do get a song. We actually get two songs in this scene again. So we're going to start the scene with Buffalo by Grohl. And we have Eve and Lucifer sitting next to each other on stairs, I think. And this is what I meant earlier. If you were to flip the genders or even just the physical build, then Eve's creepy scooting closer and subtle insinuating certain things in the conversation all the way up until it's revealed that she stole the necklace. It's extremely creepy. And not in the fun part. I mean, she is a petite creature, especially next to Tomelis, who is very tall compared to her. She is tiny. So it doesn't seem as imposing. But when you take that height difference away, I find her vaguely threatening in her creepiness. Okay. And I felt confirmed when it becomes clear that she stole the fucking necklace. Because that is the moment where it gets confirmed that she is a liar, that she tried to deceive Lucifer. And the way he reacts to this is very... Lucifer, obviously. But since this is the opposite of the lie that Chloe did, because Eve lied to be with him. So I'm good with Lucifer not flipping his lid completely once Eve explains. So they have this conversation with like, oh, you don't know me because we've been thousands of years ago that we saw each other and I'm very different now. And Eve goes, show me. And of course, everything Lucifer ever fucking wanted is right there. A woman who loves him and who is demanding that he show his true self in quotation marks and then w- 
without any concerns or hesitation, accepts him, and not just with words, but with action. She touches his face and she kisses him. And this is the worst thing, of course, that could happen to Chloe. And I'm kind of sad that she does not enter the room 20 seconds earlier. I would have loved for her to see the devil face again. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, one by one of the events. I think that Eve is in love with the Lucifer she remembers. I think that the reality of the situation will become very soon very different but currently she just wants to be with him and honestly I'm glad because Lucifer needs a rebound he needs something or someone to (laughs) help him back to his self because he's been beaten down a lot and I'm not just talking about the rejection by Chloe but a lot of things have happened lately that would pull him down so I feel like he needs somebody to push his ego a little bit. But rebound always means one person getting hurt. This is where Eve's expectation come into play because I would hope that because she is expecting something else she wouldn't really want to be in that relationship at the end anyway. But that's just this is guesswork. Also one more note on the devil face. I feel like it's getting more and more gruesome every single time we see it. Which would make sense. And then as she is about to kiss him we get the very last song of the episode called Hypnose by Delia de France and this is where or roughly where Chloe shows up and to me I am actually glad that she didn't show up when they were kissing. I didn't give the her seeing the devil face that much of a thought. I think that would be more interesting if he kept the devil face on anyway and she would just see them embracing because then it would be obvious that Eve knows who he is and yet chooses to be with him which might help with Chloe's self-realization but also I am glad that she sees them embracing in the way she does because it feels way more intimate and you can tell that there is history. I want the devil face because if she sees it again it's gonna test her resolve which I'm questioning her resolve so I feel like seeing the devil face would have been the easiest way to test that. Definitely valid point. But I'm also glad that she didn't see them kiss. Yeah, but unless you have anything else to add to this scene, I'm gonna start us out on my final thoughts. And because I knew when I was watching that you didn't like this very much, I tried to keep it as positive as I could. (laughs) There is a few things that kind of sneaked in that are not as excited. I'm not gonna tell you in the future then to not color your perception. You know, it might be better for our listeners to hear something positive before you slush this beautiful episode into little pieces. Now, I did like this episode. I am very much puzzled by Eve because I don't believe that her true intentions have been completely revealed. I think there might be some fun surprises in the future. I definitely don't buy the fact that she just walked out of heaven. Does nobody miss her there? Did nobody notice that she's gone? Is there a path between heaven and earth that souls can just walk through? There is a lot of questions around that mystery. And we didn't get any answers regarding that. I liked seeing Lucifer and Chloe struggling with their decisions to stay apart because it just gives it another nice and human layer. I am relieved that Dunn wasn't rubbing Chloe's nose in the whole situation more because that would be just uncomfortable. But we again got the confirmation between Lucifer and Ella friendship, which made me very happy. Another great thing that happened is that Mace 
told Chloe about Linda, so now Chloe has somebody to talk to who is not a celestial. And then to the baby side of the plot. It just felt like they just brought it in just so they have something to do, just so they are in the episode somehow. And it didn't feel thought through enough. It didn't feel important enough next to the main plot. So I really hope it's gonna get more interesting in the future. Fair enough. I am whelmed by this episode. <laughs> there are small moments in here that I absolutely adore, like Ella's various t-shirts, Mace at the doctors, Mace moving in with Linda, sassy commentary from Mace, and of course Lucifer. But all in all, this episode felt very neh to me. I see what they're doing with Eve. We get her as the perfect shadow version of Chloe. Eve accepts all of Lucy while Chloe is struggling with that. Eve is all for excitement and even dangerous situations, while Chloe is usually grown-up and reasonable one. Even outfit-wise, Eve is the innocent temptress, while Chloe usually is dressed nice but not sexy. I find Eve abundantly creepy in her behavior and her, in my opinion, absolutely pretend naivete and childlike behavior and both of these annoy me already very very much her lie from the beginning of the episode that is revealed quotation marks at the end sounds to me like only a partial truth she said that she greeted every single soul in heaven and as i mentioned before that means that she must have met charlotte and thus maybe even knows about lucifer and chloe from her at least in some regard i don't actually remember how much of the miracle child story charlotte knew but since she and the Menadiel were so close she might know more. And even if she knows only a few tidbits, Eve, then this would be even more of a setup. And so, as I said, threat. Plus, this entire thing screams love triangle. And as I've made it abundantly clear in season three, I detest those with a passion. I'm getting more okay with Linda's whole pregnancy stuff. Now I mostly just don't care, but I'm also not overly annoyed by it anymore. So I count that as a win. Except for the fact that she is, of course, so preoccupied that she does not really have the capacity for actually connecting with Chloe, which is understandable, but still annoying to me. So I say, let's see where Rebound Eve, as I called her, leads us. And let's hope it's better than this episode suggested. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch and hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really do help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.